Trip Talk, where you meet the people behind the stories in American Road Magazine. My name is Foster Brown. You only have to mention the words Route 66, and people all over the world begin to conjure up their own visions of this nostalgic ribbon of American highway. I seriously doubt, however, that many, if any of you, would identify pigeons with that same stretch of asphalt. However, for our guest in this two-part American Road Trip Talk podcast, Route 66 is a feathery freeway. Randy Goodpasture is the owner, loft manager, and organizer of the Route 66 race, in which the contestants are the noble carrier pigeons, capable of speeds that will blow your mind for hundreds of miles. In part two, we'll find out more about the character of these noble birds, some of whom were decorated war heroes. This podcast is made possible by the ninth annual Red Carpet Corridor Festival. Coming May 2nd and 3rd, the festival traverses 13 communities, from Joliet to Tawanda in Illinois, along a 90-mile stretch of Old Route 66 that collectively celebrates the Mother Road. Each town puts together its own events for the weekend, making for a great shopping and sightseeing experience. Gather the family and take a trip down memory lane. Towns in Illinois include Joliet, Elwood, Wilmington, Braidwood, Godley, Braceville, Gardner, Dwight, Odell, Pontiac, Genoa, Lexington, and Tawanda. Visit www.il66redcarpetcorridor.org for full details. We're talking with Randy Goodpasture, who is out in Oklahoma. We're talking about the race that he runs called the Route 66 race. Now, when you run your races, uh, now, uh, you're the loft manager. Uh, these birds have been brought in. You've raised them, cared for them, etc. cetera. Uh, they take off, and there could be uh, uh, different distances that they're flying, right? Yeah, we start them off. Uh, we train them out to about 100 miles, and we start them, you know, we, we go several repetitious tosses from 5 miles, 10 miles, uh, 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles. And once the birds are coming really good and quick, and, and uh, you can stretch them on out there, once you get to 100 miles, they can fly 200, no problem. But we take the first 75 miles pretty cautious with them. And you know, just get them in condition and get their mind, their mental state, uh, you know, right for wanting to rush home and, and get to the loft. And that's their castle, and that's that's where they trust, wow. and, uh, and they're happy. So when you say so, toss, Randy, I'm, I'm imagining then that you've got a vehicle or you've got, a, I don't know, caravan of vehicles that you take out to these places, and then you release the birds. That's the toss, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my birds are trained to self-load into a trailer. I just... I just back the trailer up to a loading chute in the hall that's at the end of the hallway of a of a sixty five foot loft, and I run all the birds out in the hallway and tell them to load up, and they go get the trailer. <laughs> I love what you say. You tell them to load up. <laughs> do you? Yeah, well, that's, 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 I really do. I really do. Really, that takes a couple of weeks to train them to do that. Uh, I, I let them go out that the the chute open without a trailer there. Uh, once they're going out to go fly an exercise. You know, they learn to test their way out, and then I'll park the trailer there and let them go in and out of the trailer and play in it all day and get used to the trailer. And then I'll just close the trailer to where, you know, the birds, when I tell them to go out to fly, which they're used to already doing, they'll just go into the trailer, but they can't go back out through the trailer. I got you. Because the door to the trailer closed, so they're loaded. It sounds like there's a certain amount of communication between you and the birds. Uh, Yeah, they learn learn your signals. They learn... uh, 
you know, every pigeon has a different personality. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like people. Some of them are stubborn. Some of them are, <laughs> you know, they just do everything the same each time. And some of them do, will come off the wall with something goofy. But, you know, it's just, wow. they do. We train them with voice commands and whistles and stuff like that. And they're That's very intelligent birds. It sounds like it. Now, when they fly, I, I think of a flock of pigeons. Uh, uh-huh. Do they fly that way, that kind of in that, that tight formation? Uh, they do, yes, but but they will spread out uh, lengthwise. I've, all, I've got the opportunity to follow them several times from, you know, 60, 70-mile training toss, and it's real flat in Oklahoma where I train, so uh, I got the chance to wide open country to actually film them uh, flying alongside the road, you know, going across the wheat pastures and stuff. Yeah. And after after 40 or 50 miles, they'll start breaking up in smaller groups, but they'll still be pretty close to each other. And, you know, it depends if they go around like a cell tower or something like that. Uh, one group will end up on the west side of the highway. The other group will stay on the east side. I see. And that, they kind of break up in smaller groups. But I think they're more comfortable flying in, in groups of 40, 50 birds uh, versus, you know, 150. And maybe, maybe something to do with their predatorial. They like the safety of the flock, but they like the flock small enough where most of them can see what's going on. Now, within that, it sounds like, however, that there are some that are just kind of cut out to lead. Yeah, there's a lot of the lead pigeons are the ones that you're that are going to do the winning, and mm-hmm. they will they will come. Uh, like this year, we had we had two exceptional pigeons out of out of the 400 birds that I had. We had two exceptional birds, and well, there was there was other good pigeons as well, but these two birds were nest mate. They were twin sisters. They were in the top percentage of every race that we flew, and on the last race. I had a three-bird drop. It was a pretty tough race with, with some headwinds, and I had a three-bird drop. Well, one of them, one of the sisters clocked first, and then I think it was three or four minutes later, I got the second drop of about seven birds, but one of the other sisters was in that, and she actually clocked uh, fourth. So those two birds won first and second champion bird in the series this year. We've been talking with Randy Goodpasture, by the way, who is the owner and loft manager of the Route 66 race. And uh, named for that, because out in Oklahoma, that birds will be moving more or less along Route 66. Randy, it's been a delight talking to you. I feel like I could talk for hours to find out more about this. But, folks, if you're ever out there now, your races are going to take place in the fall. They take place in the fall, am I right, Randy? Right, September, October? Yeah, yeah I've just received, and uh, when the birds come in here, they're put in quarantine for 10 days. They're vaccinated up on a ride. Both put in quarantine and, and carefully watch to make sure that everything's okay with them. Then after the quarantine period, they go into the loft and they start getting settled in. And I've got my first 40. I just moved over a couple of days ago, and we've got birds coming in daily. These birds that I'm getting now, I'll be taking them all the way up through uh, the end of May. And then, uh, you know, they're worked into the, to the loft as they come, after they come out of quarantine, each one of them. And then uh, they start getting lofted in and start exercising around the loft, and, and they'll be in training during the summer and ready for the, the fall races, which is the four-race wow. series. How many seasons does a bird race? I won champion sprint bird last year with, with a bird that was born in 2007. They could fly consistently uh, pretty good until they're seven, seven, eight years old, and mm-hmm. then then I think they get road-wise and start slowing down, and then you stock them to the breeding loft. That's fascinating. These birds are racing pigeons. At one point, you may have heard earlier on, we were talking, Randy, about the speeds these birds can can get, and you were talking about an average speed between 40 and 50 miles an hour, but they can clock up to 70 miles an hour? Did I hear you say? Oh, yeah. We've, we've had races, um, well, 1,760 yards per minute at 60 miles per hour. 
Okay. We've had races here in Oklahoma City over 2,100 yards a minute. Wow, that's amazing. Now, some of that would be with a good tailwind, I'm going to imagine, but... Uh, sure. But these birds are strong, and I, I, I again, I think uh, when I think of pigeons, I think of kind of the lazy flocks that you see, you know, in city parks where they're kind of circling around, and and it's pretty amazing seeing them fly in a flock. But uh, to hear that these birds can get up to these speeds, they're like a bullet. Brandy, as you talk about it, it sounds like you also have kind of a personal relationship with the birds. They have like a personality, and you can relate oh, to yeah. it. Yeah, I can go out there and sit down for hours and just watch them. You know, they're just, they're hilarious to watch. Just like if you go to uh, a park or something where there's a bunch of wild pigeons and you're feeding them and stuff, you can see the different attitudes in them. You know, pigeons really relate to people quite a bit. And the neat thing about it is I think it's a great thing for kids to get involved in because, you know, kids today just sit in front of a computer and, right. you know, they don't they don't get out of the responsibility of taking care of an animal, feeding and cleaning after it, and, uh, you know, taking care of it. And, and then, you know, learning that there's some very interesting things in life, you know, other than computers and, and gadgets. Yes. I think this sport really offers that, you know, to mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, any kind of animal care like that. I know 4-H has always been great for that, I think, uh, getting the kids oh, yeah. out relating to the animals. Speaking of families, do your has your family kept up the uh, trade or the passion for racing? Well, you know, my girls, of course, I have three daughters, mm-hmm. and they're grown up now. But uh, when, they were, when they were young, they flew pigeons. And, um, you know, with me. But, you know, as soon as they reached teenage years, that was all over. <laughs> boys took the place. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the same with, with the young boys, too. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of like this. If you have them when you're a child, you never forget that yes. feeling that they give you. And, you know, just being around them and stuff. They're kind of uh, addicting. Randy, well, it's been a delight talking with you. A much success to you and the folks who put together these races. You helped us uh, to get a picture of, of what we might see if we're out in Oklahoma in the fall, uh, end of September, beginning of October, folks. You look up in the sky and you see this, these flocks of, <laughs> look quickly because they're moving fast. They may be part of the races that are going on the Route 66 race, which is organized uh, by Randy Goodpasture. Randy, once again, thank you very much for being with us here on American Road Magazine. Hey, you're welcome. You've been listening to another edition of American Road Trip Talk where we introduce you to the people and places behind the articles in American Road Magazine. Please subscribe to our regular podcast interviews through iTunes or your favorite podcast application. And visit us at AmericanRoadMagazine.com for more information about the magazine, trip itinerary suggestions, fun contests, and a whole lot more. Until we meet again on the American Road, this is Foster Brown reminding you that the joy is in the journey.